Welcome to the KayaCast podcast presented by Kaya Push, the cannabis software making people management easy. The KayaCast is all about helping cannabis retailers launch, grow, and scale their business. I'm your host, Tom Mulhern, and I want to invite you to join us each week for conversations with thought leaders in the cannabis industry about their experience and expertise of working in the cannabis. I just want to welcome you all here to the KayaCast podcast and just thank you all for listening to our past episodes. It's been such a blast to really launch this podcast and to hear positive feedback from listeners who are really getting a lot of value out of what we're doing. It's awesome to be here and we look forward to more conversations like the one we had today with Neil Shadri. He's the founder of Red Pill Labs and Irie Systems and Neil is a consultant with cannabis retailers on best practices, strategies, and just finding unique solutions for businesses to use innovative techniques and technology to make their systems and their retail operations grow. So he is here to help solve those complex business problems. I had a great conversation with him, so let's jump right into it. As an entrepreneur at heart, Neil has a passion for innovation and solving complex business problems. Neil is driven by a thirst to deliver exceptional experiences and has a track record for building high-performance teams. Over his career, Neil has stewarded several high-profile clients through major challenges, leveraging technology, automation, and process change. Neil takes pride in championing mental health and diversity initiatives. When he's not in the office, Neil can be found enjoying the outdoors on his mountain bike or his stand-up paddleboard. Iris Systems is a division of Red Pill Labs, and combining their unique digital consulting and technology backgrounds to develop a curated set of offerings for the cannabis sector. They work with businesses to co-develop strategy and best-in-class cannabis industry solutions. Neil, I just want to welcome you here to the KayaCast podcast, and I'm really excited to hear your story and to jump right in. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for the invite. Pleasure to be here. So I got to start off by asking you a bit about your background. So tell me about your background and how you got involved in the cannabis industry. Because I know you had a a really successful company that was bought out and there was an interesting story there. So tell me a bit about how you got to where you are today. Background in business and finance. Ended up doing a lot of technology consulting and then Started up a, a boutique consulting firm, which was Tacit Management Consulting back in 2012. Ran that for five years. And the focus of that firm was agnostic technology solutions. So we didn't actually have any solutions in our back pocket. Everything we did was 100% agnostic, 100% whatever the customer needed. And that concept was relatively new to the market at that point. And after a slow start, the business took off. And at the end of year one, year two and three were really good. And then by the time we got into year four, we were getting noticed. And at the end of year five, we ended up selling it to one of the big four companies, which was quite exciting because we took something from nothing, from an idea, coming up with the name, just being very entrepreneurial. That's the key of being an entrepreneur is really just seeing your idea go from this little bud of an idea to growing to this giant flower. So it's cool to hear the success that you had there. So 
you were bought out by one of the big four. And then what happened? Once you get into the big four, it's a big machine and it's all, it's great. So you learn a lot. You meet a lot of interesting people. I've heard people say it's crack for your brain because there's just so many smart people. You're surrounded by amazing people and you're always being challenged. You get best clients, customers and industry professionals. So it was a fantastic experience and I did that for five years, but I actually missed working with up and coming companies and the smaller companies. And, and that's what cannabis is to me as well. It's a brand new industry, relatively new now. And it really felt like all the business acumen, all the technology marketing acumen that you develop over the years, it's nice to be able to take that and port it over. I actually never knew anything about cannabis growing up. It's strange. Growing up on the West Coast, you think I'd know everything about cannabis, right? I must have been a little bit sheltered. I didn't discover cannabis until I went traveling after high school. I was down in Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji. And in Fiji, I actually discovered Bob Marley for the first time. Never been exposed to his music. I don't know if you're a big Bob Marley fan, Tom, at all. I love Bob Marley. And actually, Kaya, the Kaya cast, Kaya Push, is slang for marijuana and bob marley has an album called kaya it's a great album it's a great album and so i got into this reggae scene and started investigating learning about rastafarianism and then i became an expert on jamaican politics because of bob marley so i went down this real rabbit hole all the way down to Haile selassie last emperor of ethiopia just that culture just really fascinated me and then when i got back oh it was back to school back to life to become a productive member of society. And that was really exciting when, you know, all the talk about legalization was happening in Canada, at least. And here we are a few years into legalization and yeah, happy to be on your show, Tom. Oh, that's awesome. So what areas in the cannabis arena have you worked with? Have you met some people in cannabis or have you worked with different dispensaries or what area of the cannabis industry are you mostly focused with? We're trying to bring our acumen to the entire life cycle the entire chain, but we're starting to work with a few licensed producers already. And our team is actively involved with a lot of dispensaries and retailers. Our company, Ivy Systems, which is a division of our parent company, Red Pill Labs, is relatively new. It's maybe about four months old, but we've already been to two conferences. The more we get into the industry, the more we love the culture, more we love people and just a network of other businesses that we've partnering with, including companies like Guy Bush and BudSense and where it talks with a few more. So there's just a real love of the industry, passion ahead of profits. I know, I know everyone has to make a profit to make it viable, but it's the passion that kind of invests me and I love that. Have you met some interesting people along the way in your journey of cannabis? I have. We were at a conference in Toronto and just you got the more of the business side on the trade show floor, but all you got to do is step outside and you see the cast of characters and, and it's amazing because it's bringing what was taboo into the mainstream. People still have their views on it and that's okay. The conference in Victoria was very interesting because I got to meet Jim Belushi and I had a really interesting chat with him. He loves the plant itself. He's got a bunch of videos on YouTube and I think he's even got like a docu-series on YouTube as well, documenting his journey. So highly recommend anybody that's interested in cannabis and Jim Belushi, check that out. I've listened to him on a few podcasts actually, and just his passion and knowledge of the plant itself is just amazing. It's amazing to talk to people who know 
who are just experts in that field. I feel like my knowledge level at this point is probably 15 to 20% of what some of these experts that have been in the space pre-legalization, they know everything inside and out. And I'm just being a curious person. I'm learning every single day, something new, going down another rabbit hole, trying to figure things out. So as an entrepreneur, you're working with different cannabis entrepreneurs. What are some of the top challenges or even mistakes that you've seen cannabis entrepreneurs make? And are there ways to avoid some of these pitfalls? I think initially there was a bit of a gold rush mentality when cannabis first became legalized. And we won't get into what's happening in that side of the industry, but as you dig deeper, there's real people with real businesses and betting their betting their family's fortune on, on, on running a cannabis business. And there's some really viable businesses out there that I've come across in my, my journey so far, but there's also folks that we've come across where they have the passion, but they don't have the business acumen. That makes sense. So if you want to be involved in this industry, they have the funds or they got investor money, but they might not have the proper business training or not surrounding themselves with the right individuals to make themselves successful. Was there a way for some of those entrepreneurs or people that are looking to grow or scale their business? Is there, is, are there symptoms that they should be looking for within their own companies about reaching out and getting that professional guidance? They may not have the business acumen, like you said. So when should they start looking out and being like, Hey, Neil, I need some help. Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. I'll give you two or three that pop into my head, top of mind. Uh, definitely manual processes and procedures, getting bogged down in paperwork, having to enter everything manually into Excel or, you know, write things down very old school is number one. And in today's day and age, I even question why we have paper in the first place, right? I'm not going to go down, down a rabbit hole there, but definitely it's hard to scale when everything's manual, right? If you open up a dispensary and run one, maybe very old school and manual, but if you do want to get to two or three, you're going to have to invest in some technology. Number two is just scalability. Just talking to a prospect a couple of weeks ago, they're just questioning us on how they can actually scale their business because they feel like every time they want to bring in an additional revenue source, there's additional costs associated with that. And so the net isn't very attractive. So how do you actually scale a business, grow your top line, but at the same time, grow your bottom line. And if anyone's struggling with that, definitely suggest he get some outside advice. Have you seen uh, businesses that are trying to scale, choosing this correct software, transforming the growth of that, that retail business? You're saying like automating as much as possible, get away from spreadsheets and paper. How has choosing that correct software really transformed the growth of a business that you've seen? Yeah, I think just from a front end perspective, if you go through, think about the customer experience, I'm sure you've been through a Quite a sale terminal where it's super slow. The, the person behind the counter makes a mistake or can't find things or it's very clunky. Then they got to go and manually punch it into the credit card terminal. So from a customer experience standpoint, technology does play a factor. We've walked into dispensaries in three or four different states here in British Columbia and in Ontario, and they're all a little bit different because of regulations in each jurisdiction. The thing is every jurisdiction is a level playing field. So you can actually have technology that makes it easy for you to actually get what you want, get out of the store pretty quickly. That's great. And it's also great because you can actually turn more customers over in a given day, but also from the back end, like if you're dealing with your employees, there's a lot of turnover in the industry. People expect technology, people expect automation. And I think that 
leads to that turnover, like you said, when there's so many manual processes and you're able to step in. This is what you guys do, right? This is what you're best at is stepping in and helping give effective business strategies to to retailers. That's what you do. That's the red pill way. Exactly. That's our bread and butter is have a strategy. And then our specialty is picking software solutions. Our teams over the last 10 years have done probably three to 400 different software selection engagements, anywhere from ERP systems to accounting systems, point of sale, e-commerce, and lately a lot of marketing, a lot of marketing automation, a lot of customer relationship management. So how do you get customers in the door? Not only, not only keep your back office efficient, but how do you actually grow the top line as well? And have you seen trends in some of that, like marketing automation and CRM, like trends that make it easier for cannabis retailers to do their job? I've spoken with this with other people. It's so hard to market to clients. So have you seen things that are like almost like ways to get in there and bypass the system that work well? Yeah, there's different things you can get away with in different jurisdictions. I know here in British Columbia, it's pretty, pretty controlled in terms of it's hard to have product differentiation in the store. All the packaging basically looks the same. So it's unless you're really loyal to a brand, that retailer carries that brand and that makes it a little bit easier. Irie Systems actually has a cannabis advertising tool, which basically navigates through all the red tape and all the different jurisdictions. So it basically ensures that you're 100% compliant in the U.S. Uh, specifically, there's all the fines and penalties for having your product or your advertising show up on, on someone who's 18 years old because you have to be over 21. So our tool ensures that anywhere that your ad shows up, it's for the appropriate audience. That's something you guys developed your yourself, this thing that, because I, I saw on your website, like that you reach consumers through cannabis friendly, 100% compliant adv advertising networks. And I just thought like, how do you even do that? Yeah, unfortunately I'm not the, I'm not the brains in that one, but I do know how it works, but that wasn't the guy who actually built the tool. They're constantly monitoring cannabis friendly sites. And it's not just like cannabis sites. I know MSN is definitely one of the places you can advertise, whereas Google, you can just navigating that for a regular person who runs a business, be a full-time job. So the tool basically navigates that for you, making sure what, once you understand who your audience is, how many impressions you're after, and then getting the reporting on what site, what impressions you made uh, is pretty valuable. And you have to be pretty creative with that, even with a powerful tool like what you've created. And part of what you guys do too, is you co-develop strategies and solutions with dispensaries. So what does that kind of look like? Do when you go in, are you working with people that already have a strategy or are most people starting from scratch and needing your help to develop that strategy to move forward? We're working with a lot of companies that already have retail locations, but want to expand. But we're also talking to entrepreneurs that have the funding and trying to figure out where's the best location. Just like if you're opening a restaurant, like you got to have the business fundamentals. Is it going to be the right market? Who's your demographic? All that sort of stuff. But really... Each conversation is a little bit different, Tal. It's understanding the vision, it's understanding their aspiration, and then working with us to co-develop a strategy on how they're going to win. And once we have that, we can back into what capabilities they need, whether it's marketing back-end systems, being able to sell 
and web e-commerce, being able to transfer inventory from one store to the other, you know, all the good things that come with retail. So again, it just depends on the client. When should a retailer start developing that strategy? Is it too late if they've already launched their dispensary or their retail store? Or should they start right from the beginning or maybe wait to see how things go on? What would your advice be there? I, I think it just depends on how risk averse the entrepreneur is. We've seen people just dive in without doing any planning and strategy and be super successful. We've seen people have a plan and strategy and not succeed, right? What's their secret sauce? But I think ideally, if you have one or two locations already and you're serious about scaling, we could definitely help guide that conversation and develop that strategy. And if you're brand new and want to start something, I think you got a blank slate. And then you can, by talking to some experts or even just talking to your peers, you can save a lot of headache and a lot of dollars by avoiding a lot of those pitfalls that you and I know about. So for someone that is wanting to launch, do you have any, so this is someone with a dream, some money that they've saved up. Do you have any like tips or insights to help them launch that business before they launch as an entrepreneur? What tips would you give them? I think if you are brand new to this, you don't have that retail expertise or that business acumen, start slow, be cautious, try to understand the market, try to understand the products, um, the consumer. And then once you gain that understanding, like I said earlier, I'm constantly learning. And as a brand new retailer, you be tricky from the fire hose, be patient, be smart, but at the same time, think about where you want to be. Like you want to be a one store shop and just do it as a bit of a hobby or is this, is this your thing? And you want to be a nationwide chain or do you want to be regional? Like really understanding what the end goal is and then working backwards and making sure you got a plan in place. Yeah. That's really good insight of thinking through where do I want to be with this? I've sat in on calls where people are wanting to just open a shop in their local town and that's it. That's their dream is to retire and have this shop. And then there's some people that are like, I want to build an empire. And so I think coming up with different strategies to get you where you want to be at the end of it is key. Yeah. And I think location and demographic that you're trying to appeal to, you have parking. Is there another store opening up on your block? Is there another store opening up across the street? If there's seven stores within three blocks, then, you know, maybe that dream is going to be a little bit more desert. So going back to marketing a little bit. What are some creative ways that you've seen cannabis retailers advertising to consumers still saying staying compliant, but are there some creative, interesting things that you've seen people doing that kind of work in the cannabis industry? Yeah. Again, it comes down to the market. I think I was down in Seattle for the Red Hot Chili Pepper show and walked into a couple dispensaries there and just to see what they were like. And I love the fact that they're able to show packaging and differentiate on their product and some very clever packaging and pyramids and different boxes. We'll just because it, it's fun. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be loose. It's meant to be relaxed. But we've seen some very clever product design. We've seen some very clever packaging design and just even all like edibles, just seeing some very, very creative flavors being created and co-created and, and things like that. And we've seen posters and Different things like that, but it's tough because it's such a controlled environment. And a lot of that marketing is when people walk into the store because they don't see, oh, you've got like a refreshing lemonade THC drink and you've got this cool poster up. Like it, that's what makes it pretty difficult to market to 
the customers until they get them in the store. Yeah. And I think educating the bartenders, if you were a producer and you don't want your product in a sea of Satanists, is really educating the bartender because what I've witnessed is recommendations. Hey, I kind of thinking about this, that, what do you recommend? And those recommendations nine times out of 10 are taken, right? So if you can influence the bartender, get some influence into the retail location, that's huge. That role of bartender is such a key, like they're the front line of every dispensary business. And so, yeah, working with your bartenders, training them on product, on what you need. Because at the end of the day, when I walk in there, I'm going up to the bud tender. I'm not going up to the dispensary owner. And I'm saying, hey, man, this is what I'm looking for. This is the experience. How can you help me? Exactly, right? And uh, you have a good experience, you can get back to that retail location. If you don't have a great experience, there's probably another one in your neighborhood that you can check out. That's right. And it's that experience that makes them stand out from the other one on the street and the other one down the block. Or... If you forget when you bought last time, hey, this is my phone number or my email address. Can you look up what I bought last time? Things like that. They do that. And it might not be at that location. Maybe it was at a different location, but can you look it up? Again, technology plays a hand in being able to facilitate that. So if you could tell a, new, a newer prospective dispensary owner one thing, you've got one thing, you've got their ear, you put your arm around their shoulder, what would that one thing be? I think the one tip would be not all unicorns and roses or whatever that saying is, Tom. Running a business is hard. Running a business is challenging. I think sometimes we get too carried away with the, the glamour, having your own shop, being your own boss, and not understanding pain and the challenges that go with that and being able to ride it out. You're going to come across challenges. You just need to know how to deal with them. You can anticipate them. Or you can put a plan in place when those challenges arise and you can just kind of power through. Because it can get overwhelming for folks that are first-time business owners. You would have so much insight as a business owner yourself to to these businesses you're working with. So that's a really good tip. Oh, I appreciate that. And even our business has ups and downs and challenges and so many variables involved in running a successful business. Like I said, it's not always two steps forward. Sometimes you take a step back or sometimes you take a lateral step, right? So it's just being able to deal with it and not panic. And apparently we're coming into a recession here in the U.S. And when the U.S. is in a recession, Canada, you follows, what do you do? So you've got all these views. Do you panic? Do you hold up? Do you scale back? Or do you put a plan in place and try to power forward? What sort of a plan do you think is the most effective way to handle the coming future of whether it's a recession or just a tighter economy? Any sort of insight there into, because you've been in business for quite a while, so... Any insight on how dispensaries can survive the upcoming, whatever it is? Yeah, I think people like buying from people they like. People like buying from companies they like. So I think having that relationship with your client, like I said, making it super easy, super friendly. And then apparently I've been told cannabis is recession proof. Hopefully, obviously there'll be, if there is a full scale recession, there'll be a bit of a dip in dispensable earnings, like disposable earnings. But, uh, you know, if you see what happens with alcohol sales, don't usually diminish during a recession. So I think we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. That's right. It's a good industry to be in. Even through COVID, you can see dispensaries growing and cannabis industry just exploding. With all the legislation. And I think with a few years behind us now, I think it's a good time to reflect on what the industry's been through 
but at the same time, be excited with the next three to five years holds. Because there's going to be a lot coming. There's going to be a lot of loosening of regulations, I hope. We're already starting to see it in some jurisdictions. And yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's a great industry. It's an amazing plant. It's got so many, you got the medicinal side, you got the recreational side. So there's a lot there. And I think if you're in the business, just enjoy yourself, enjoy the experience. And you guys are growing. I've seen that on LinkedIn. You keep putting all these, oh, welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. It looks like your team is growing. So that's good. That's good news. Yeah, no, it's been exciting. Yeah. There's definitely a talent shortage in the market, but we've been pretty lucky in terms of people finding us and wanting to work with us. I think they're intrigued by our approach to consulting. I think the names of the two companies are pretty interesting. Red Pill and Irene, that definitely reflects on our culture, our values. We just don't want to be another shop that's again, you know, see us seamless. We value being a little bit unique. Our catchphrase is uncommon. And that's something we live and breathe every single day. If people want to find out more about Irie or Red Pill, is it the best place to go your website or can they reach out to you on LinkedIn or how do they get connected to you? So we're in the midst of revamping our website. So we have the parent company, Red Pill Labs, which is probably the most uh, active in terms of blogs and information and postings and activities. And we've had a lot of interest in IRE systems. People just love the name. People just, I don't know, it's just a very simple logo. People love the logo. We're just getting some amazing feedback. Just the love is incredible. And we're thankful we're onto something. So we're in the midst of actually our uh, repositioning that website as well. We've got the partnership with Kaya Push. We've got the partnership with BudSense, two incredible solutions that, you know, if you're a dispensary owner or even thinking about the dispensary, opening the dispensary, two perfect solutions. And we're in talks with a few other solutions to make ourselves and Irie Systems a one-stop shop for a lot of these. So we've got the solutions and the, uh, the business advice and the strategy setting setting and all that comes along with it. Our intention is to be a full service cannabis consulting house pretty quickly here. Yeah, I think websites good for information, but if you want to have a quick conversation, LinkedIn is the best way. So just reach out on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Well, hey, Neil, I want to just thank you again for taking the time to share about your history and also just the importance and how hard it is to be in business and giving insights from an entrepreneur like yourself of how to get started in this industry is key. So thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And I'm loving the podcast journey. I know you guys are relatively new at this, but it's amazing at the, at the lineup of guests that you've had on the podcast. And I wish you continued success. I want to thank Neil for joining us on the podcast and be sure to go check out his website and connect with him on LinkedIn. We'll have all of the links in the show notes of this podcast. So go head over there. You can also check out all of the podcasts at kayacast.fm. You can find the full transcripts of these podcasts. So if there's something that really stood out that you wanted to find out about and I was talking too fast or our guests were you can go there, you can read the transcripts, you can find the links and just really get connected into the community that we're trying to build here with the KayaCast. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit our website at kayacast.fm to learn more about our guests and to access the full 
archive of episodes of the show. We can't wait to share more stories with you each week of cannabis retailers launching, growing, and scaling their business.